From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, your taxi cab, RV camper, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. This is The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrin. Congratulations, uh, you found us. And a big hello to all of you listening in on our app, The Conspiracy Show app free download from iTunes and uh, Google Play. All of you listening in on uh, one of our growing list of affiliates. Uh, we're up to about 35 now on uh, both sides of the border, so we hope to keep that going. All right, part two of my conversation with co-authors Bob Mitchell and Jason Quitt. Uh, the book is called Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. The multidimensional time traver, traveler, of course, would be uh, Jason Quitt and uh, uh, Bob Mitchell, uh, no stranger, of course, to the, the, the UFO, uh, ET, and disclosure arena. And uh, uh, Bob was the adjudicator at a uh, recent historic um, a disclosure panel at um, uh, the Alien Cosmic Expo in Brantford, uh, where we had the uh, a panel of the top UFO researchers and uh, disclosure advocates: Stephen Bassett, Grant Cameron, Richard Dolan, Stanton Friedman, the Honorable Paul Hellyer, Travis Walton, uh, and Nick Pope squaring off against a um, a panel of of uh, mainstream journalists. Uh, who acquitted themselves quite nicely and asked uh, incredibly nuanced, uh, sophisticated questions. And it was at the Alien Cosmic Expo uh, one year prior uh, that uh, that Bob Mitchell and uh, Jason Quitt met and uh, hit it off and immediately decided to, to work together and write a book. Bob is a Canadian author, journalist, who covered crime and sports for the Toronto Star, for more than 35 years, he's a field investigator for MUFON based in Ontario and an executive with MUFON Canada. He's also co-founder of Toronto Newswire Services at Tor Newswire. Jason Quitt is a graduate of the Institute of Energy Wellness and a student of Algonquin shamanism. He's been training and working with many teachers, shamans, traditional healers from around the world. He's also the author and teacher of Egyptian Postures of Power and the Yosef Codes, Methods of Personal Healing and Practice. As a channeler of universal and dimensional energies of healing, he combines these methods and modalities of energy medicine, shamanism, and dousing to assist those on their own personal paths of healing and enlightenment. <clears throat> and uh, uh, previously, in the, in the previous hour, we, we were talking about uh, your astral uh, travels, Jason. We were talking about a phenomenon known as uh, astral ab um, abduction, where you are taken while you are in this state against your will and uh, often dropped off uh, on back on Earth, but in a different timeline, the future. And let's face it, the future not looking uh, particularly uh, rosy. In one case, you were dropped on the planet and it had been burnt to an ash. Another incident, you were dropped off and it was a it appeared to be some sort of a concentration camp for small children, and you witnessed. Just something too horrific, even for words. Uh, the slaughter of innocents. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, in another astral projection, or was this an astral abduction, and you were dropped off in the year 2700? Tell me about that. No, um, it was different. Uh, this happened uh, years after the the first experiences with the time travel was about uh, 10 years ago. Actually, more than 10 years ago now, um, almost 15 years ago, and. Um, this one to 
2700 uh, was more recent. And um, a lot of these journeys now, it's not like I'm being pulled out of my body. It's just, um, it's almost like I'll go to sleep and suddenly my consciousness will be um, taken somewhere. Um, it's completely comfortable and it's more like a, a learning experience. So um, one of the latest ones, I think it happened um, last November, and that was to the year uh, around 2700 is what they said. And it's almost like I'd go there uh, consciously and I would have a being speaking telepathically in my mind explaining what I'm seeing. Um, so it's almost like I'll be projected there um, and I would get to see certain scenes in certain places and almost like a story. Um, and it will be a story that's given to me telepathically. And um, what they showed me was that um, in our future, um, I think this is very far in our future, so not to worry, but um, there was a war um, between uh, two um, alien species for the control of Earth, and uh, they showed me one of these species, and the only way I could describe them is the ant people. Mm -hmm. And I know that... Um, you know, many ancient um, traditions speak of the ant people, especially the Hopi Indians. That's right. And when I saw these beings, um, it's probably the best description I could think of. It's the first thought that popped into my man, my mind was, um, "This looks like an ant man." <laughs> right. Right. And um, they also showed me that these ant uh, people were known in our past, and they built these um, step pyramids um, also that um, after this war took place it was decided that uh, there would be no um, government system and that the entire world would be run by an artificial intelligence which was integrated into everything it was integrated into uh, the human mind the human body um, it was integrated into all technologies and even the buildings so it was almost like a smart building. Right, right. Um, the Internet of Everything, which is here now. So I hear. <laughs> but this was this was something very advanced and different. It's almost like, let's say you walk into a building, and as you walk into the building with your mind, you can have a conversation with the building, like, oh, what's the weather today? Um, you know, what's going on in the news around the world? Like, you can just talk the building, and the building will answer you in your mind. Right, right. I mean, it does sound eerily familiar uh, to things that Stephen Hawking is warning about, this, you know, the singularity, the uh, the robot apocalypse. Uh, some are perce perceiving the rise of artificial intelligence as the existential threat uh, to mankind. Um, so, but you're saying that this this will not come into fruition uh, at least, uh, was was the timeline 2700? Yeah, it was, it was 2700 when I saw this future. Right. Um, but I got a sense even then that um, there was something wrong. Like, this, this was not oh, the right way of living. And I was also kind of told that this type of progression um, has happened on many other planets before. Um some with uh, very, um, I, I would say, robot apocalypse, <laughs> almost like Terminator. 
So it's, it has happened before in other places. Um, will it happen here? I, I don't know. Um, I didn't see that. Bob, this whole concept of astral abductions, and um, which offers a um, maybe a, a more plausible explanation for for what is happening uh, with with these ET intrusions and so forth. Uh, because it does answer, if we, as we discussed, it answers a lot of the questions about how they, how are they able to transit these huge distances? Well, if it's done at a conscious level, astral <clears> projection, <throat> that, that, that explains a lot. Uh, but how is this, not only your book, but also this, this sort of, this new approach, if I can call it that, to the whole ET UFO issue, how is this playing to the UFO ET community? Uh, I mean, is this causing any, any debate? Is it? Uh, are people on side with it? Um, you know, the, the, some of the people that I've written about, um, they're not too happy that I have said that I think some of their experiences are happening in the astral plane and not in the real third dimensional here and now. Um, and that's fine because I think you know their experiences may have been the ones that happened in the, the here and now. And again, they happened, you know, when they were in their 20s and 30s and 40s, and now they're in their 60s. So uh, I have no problem with that. Uh, they just, you know, seem to think that it it's can't, can't possibly be true. Um, on the other hand, I've had people that I've written about who, when I wrote the story, I wrote it as if it was happening in the, the physical uh, plane, and yet, uh, when I went back to ask them, a simple question afterwards was that when they were on the slab of uh, medical equipment, did they actually see themselves? And when they thought about it, uh, they didn't. They saw all around them. They saw in front of them. They saw the beings, but they weren't conscious of their own physical body. They absolutely remember everything, but now they're starting to rethink their own mind about you know, what it was that happened to them. So um, I think it's uh, kind of split right now, but uh, I've had lots of people come up to me and, and say, you know, you've got it dead on. That's what's what's happening. Um, so, I mean, I, I think both are happening, and I'm quite willing to accept that both are happening. Uh, I just think this gives another uh, alter- ulterior um Possibility, I guess. Right, right. You know, another thing that uh, that has occurred to me uh, as I'm listening to to both of you and discussions about how this is happening on an astral plane, and it's something that I've heard Grant Cameron talk about and others, but Grant came immediately to mind, and he's had conversations with um, individuals who are believed to have been part of Majestic Twelve, and one of them, I believe, was a professor at um, I'm not sure if it was Princeton. You may know who I'm referring to, Bob. His name doesn't come to me. Uh, but the uh, he also heard it, the same thing from I'm not sure if it was Ben Rich, but the common denominator was what they told Grant is if you want to understand how UFOs get here, if you want to understand UFO propulsion, you have to understand ESP. Uh, ESP. Um, well, I. Is ESP just another part of astral projection? I don't know. Um, well, I don't know. I I, um, I think there may be a connection because yeah. astral projection certainly sounds a lot to me like remote viewing. Yes. 
And I spent, I just, I, I just came back from uh, the San Jose, California area, and uh, Russell Targ. I spent an afternoon with Russell, who lives in Palo Alto, and Russell was the co-founder of the at Stanford Research Institute uh, from the, I guess, late 70s to the mid-90s, and that was, that's where they, along with Ingo Swan and, and Hal Putoff and Pat Price, they developed, uh, you know, the remote viewing uh, program and studied mm-hmm. it. And, I mean, remote viewing certainly is very closely tied to, you know, ESP. So maybe, I'm just, maybe I'm out on a limb here, I'm just wondering if, if that's what Majestic 12, this individual, and, and, Ben Rich or whoever it was from Skunk Works were alluding to when they talked about what you need to understand when it comes to UFO propulsion is is ESP. It could, well, a lot of people think that the UFOs are powered by the mind, not any propulsion system. Um, right. I'm not... A, well, I think the physical machines may not be, but who's to say there are not uh, similar type aircraft or spacecraft in the um, in, in the, the alternate reality um, maybe they you know you, you still need some kind of a physical um, machine to get you from point A to point B but it goes a lot faster when you're in the astral world so leave it to me to muddy the water <laughs> well, <laughs> and most people would still not be able to see it unless they were in the astral world so right. with uh, Got it. It's still that. Uh... Got to take a time out. We'll come back. Jason Quick, Bob Mitchell. The book is Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. There's more right after this. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We are back. Jason Quitt is a multidimensional time traveler, and he and co-author Bob Mitchell have penned a, a new book just out this spring, March, I think it was, yep. uh, and it is Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. We're talking astral travel, astral projection, astral abductions, entities met on the astral plane, and the parallels between this and the sort of the modern uh, UFO and ET abduction um, events. And, um, uh, Jason, I want to come back to you. And um, I think it was actually Victor Vigiani who, who, who has said this on my program many times, and that is when we finally figure out you know, what's going on with UFOs or who's piloting them, it'll probably be nothing we've even thought about or even considered. I mean, we're focused on you know, the cliché, little green men from a distant planet, but who knows? I think Victor said, you know, they, who knows? They could be time travelers, and, which certainly seems to be sort of in line with what you're saying, because, I mean, obviously, much of what you discuss is wrapped up in, in reincarnation and the idea that, you know, at one time we may have been uh, Palladians or Reptoids or Insectoids in, a, in another life. Is, is that right? That's correct. That's correct. And do you have a sense or you have knowledge of, of uh, who you were in terms of um, extraterrestrial species in, in another life? Were you a Palladian? Were you a Reptoid? Were you all of them? Were you a Grey? I would say everyone that you've mentioned, I have memories of. You have memories of being a gray. Yeah, so w- what I'm saying is that we play all the roles. Like, uh, consciousness is eternal, it's infinite, and we are out there, even as I'm sitting here, even as you're sitting there, um, you're actually living multiple existences. So even, you know, Richard is here, but Richard is also... A Pleiadian, or Richard is also an Octorian, or um, even beyond. See, we have these names which are very close in our um, 
solar system and galaxy, but we we don't even know how many trillions of planetary systems and civilizations there are. Right, right. And we're also living out multiple timelines, correct? Well, and multi universes. Right. With which all have dimensions. <laughs> that is mind blowing, isn't it? It's, it's quite vast. There's a million Richard Serrett's out there right now talking about a conspiracy show. Jeez, isn't one plenty? <laughs> I know. Uh, th- that's it's a fascinating concept, and I, I love the idea because um, you know, imagine though it, it, that means in another universe, in another timeline, for example, you know, John Lennon uh, escaped the assassin's bullet, and the Beatles are still out there making albums. I mean, absolutely. This, this is, I mean, well, that's that's true, and the albums are not very good. <laughs> <laughs> that's right they never should have got back together that's uh, no, but, no, but but no. i mean this is not this is not pie in the sky you know crazy stuff theoretical physicists talk about this stuff all the time and they're ta- in in there's a, a, a theoretical physicist and again uh, in a senior moment his name escapes me but he's talking about uh, developing uh, a, a quantum computer that will prove the multiverse theory is that Michu uh, Kaku? No, it wasn't Michu. Uh, it's not Kaku, but there's a there's another. Uh, I think he's at Oxford, and his name will come to me at some point, probably at three o'clock this morning, and I'll yes. I'll sit up upright upright in bed and remember it and shout it out. But uh, you see what, what what we just talked about for the average person, and I consider myself the average person. It's so mind boggling to even try to comprehend that 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 you know most people will just shut it down and say, can't possibly be true, uh, that's really far-fetched. Um, but what if it is true? And, and that's where you have to always leave that little door open, because uh, the world we live in may not be exactly the world we think it is, and, and it could be just a small part of the overall world. Um, you know, I, the fact that we, if, we, if we are living multi-existence at the same time, um, that is something that you'd really have to hard time to get your head around. But um, as well, you say, it, it's it's a theory and it's a possibility. Right, right. And who's going to prove you wrong? Who's going to prove you right? It's like. Well, as I say, one day maybe we will have uh, solid scientific proof for the existence of the multiverse, and and uh, it's all wrapped up in the development of this quantum computer. I'm wondering. Uh, I mentioned Russell Targ earlier, and of course um, the remote viewing program. And uh, the, the, our Cold War adversaries at the time, the Soviets, were were also working on a remote viewing program. Theirs apparently had a little more sort of nefarious intent. They were actually trying to develop psychic assassins. Yeah. Um, however, you know, when when something like this breaks through into the public consciousness, it's always an indicator that uh, one. It's been going on far longer than we've been told, and two, they're much further ahead in these True. developments that we've been. I'm wondering, uh, for example, with your ability, uh, Jason, have you ever been? I don't know if you can even discuss this publicly, but have you been approached by uh, intelligence groups or or uh, the military or some other uh, think tank uh, interested in your skills and how they might be employed uh, for the benefit of a particular? Uh, organization, nation, state, what have you? Um, <laughs> I'll, oh, yeah. answer it, I'll, I'll answer it this way. Um, there is there is such things as, um, I'd say, remote viewers uh, that come to watch you speak. 
Um, and there's also, um, I'll say, like astral assassins that are sent to you. <laughs> um, so there is a world out there that still exists, and there's still people that are employed and do this. But you personally haven't been approached? Um, no, not by any government agency. Okay, not yeah. by a government agency. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can read between the lines. All right. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned, you know, that, that these psychic assassins uh, exist. And um, actually, it was, uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, the publication, but they did talk about these choking experiments they did in the Soviet Union where one agent was able to uh, uh, asphyxiate, uh, didn't kill the other person, but f- from a remote distance, he actually focused on choking this person, and the person... You know, collapsed. So this is this seems to be possible. But you've had um, an actual incident where you were you were speaking. I think you were talking about uh, a Tesla, uh, Nikola Tesla's you know in, inventions and and so forth. And then you you came under psychic attack. When did that happen? Um, that happened uh, last May. Um, so about um, a month before the first ACE conference. And. Um, Alien Cosmic Expo, Ace. Alien Cosmic Expo, yes. And, um, yeah, basically, I gave uh, a, a talk about uh, Tesla and Akhenaten and the, the, Earth, um, the Earth grid that powers uh, the pyramids and the ley lines and all this fun stuff. And, you know, I got into extra-dimensional stuff and ancient wars and how they use the Earth grid to create... Um, weather modification weapons and, you know, all these fun topics. Um, but, um, in my, like, even my wife was there and she's very, uh, gifted and psychic and she saw these, uh, astral beings come into the talk. I mean, no one else could see them. And, um, they simply they walked in like anyone else, like, in, you know, uh, in attendance. Oh, they walked that's in. That's right. But um, most people can't see them. Right. Because they're in, I would say, the astral. Right. Um, and um, she said she, she witnessed them um, attack me or do something to me. And almost immediately after that talk, I started to get these very physical symptoms. Um, I started to get these hives on my arm. And it eventually spread to my whole body. Um and basically, it felt like all the life was taken from me. I basically laid in bed for a month. Uh, I couldn't eat. I couldn't get up and walk around. I was in excruciating pain. And um, even my vision went. My eyes, I couldn't see. Um, so I was uh, declining very fast. And I went to every doctor, and I got blood tests, and you name it, they ran it. And uh, basically, they were just scratching their head, telling me that there's nothing wrong with me, and it's a medical anomaly. They just don't understand it. So I knew that it was an energetic attack, or I would say an energetic poisoning. And um, luckily, I have a lot of good friends that are uh, shamans and healers. And um, I thought I could do it myself, but I eventually called uh, one of them, and uh, they did a healing on me and the next day I got better so um, you know so I'm very lucky but I think all these things are lessons that you know yes this stuff exists and there's certain lines you don't cross <laughs> right um, 
so I've learned my lesson. Have you developed, well, I mean, arguably we might be crossing a few lines tonight. Uh, are you now schooled in the art of spiritual self-defense? I would say so. And I have, I, I would say that I've been under attack for 15 years, uh, continually. Every couple months something will come and wake me up that's not a very nice thing. And um, I've gotten to a point where I could handle myself. How about you, uh, Bob, now that you're um, associated with with um, Jason, has anything odd, unusual uh, happened to you? Because I, I, I find that once you get sort of you're connected to somebody else's world, you get you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Um, odd. Not odd in the sense that I feel I've been attacked or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> we talked a little bit about last night on Coast to Coast about how um, <clears throat> I didn't really understand crystals before, and, and Jason has one of the um, you know, crystals as part of his healing uh, practice that he has, and, and there's a apparently, not, which I didn't know, there's a worldwide presence about people all over the world believe that uh, crystals and, and precious stones have, have this tremendous healing power. Oh, it's huge. It's a huge industry. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it's, and again, it, it has to do with the third and fourth dimension. The, uh, in this dimension, they look like nice-looking, pretty rocks. In very higher dimensions, um, there are living entities. Uh, we just can't see them in this dimension so they have these great spiritual healing powers and um as i mentioned I, I i kept seeing people come up to our booth at the toronto health show and people were grabbing these uh crystals and they all were very knowledgeable about which crystal it was and they grab them and they close their eyes and they spread their arms out and look up to the ceiling and they were having a religious experience and all this was very strange to me, and even though I wrote about it in the book, I basically wrote about it from Jason's perspective, um, not really having any grounding on, on this whole topic. Um, but I wanted to try to experience it, so he, he told me to hold one crystal in one hand and one crystal in the other hand and breathe in from the left hand and breathe out through the right hand, and I did that a few times. Uh, had no experience whatsoever, didn't didn't feel anything, and really didn't give it another thought and then half an hour later my left uh, shoulder started aching and it really felt like somebody had broken my shoulder and I knew what that pain was like because I had broken my right shoulder once so uh, it was the same kind of feeling that it was just it hurt so bad and then it got worse as the night went on and and by the end of the night when I had to drive home uh, to Brantford from downtown Toronto I um, basically had to use my right hand to pull my left hand up under the steering wheel and use my right hand to do the turn signal. Very painful. Went home, um, did a you know, Tylenol 3, got up the next morning. Uh, very painful still. In fact, it probably felt worse. Um, no idea where this pain came from because I hadn't lifted anything heavier than the book that I was signing autographs for. And, uh, in fact, by the Sunday, I had to have Jason actually lift the book up for me oh, dear. and I had to it was so painful and he explained that we have these physical bodies and we have this uh, energetic body and the energetic body is is 
is basically our past lives and our past trauma. And I had to get rid of a trauma that happened in a past life, and it was a blockage. And this sort of said to him that in one of my past lives, I probably broke my arm or broke my shoulder on that side. All right, I got to I got to jump in here. Got to take a time out. We'll come back. We'll pick up on that. Jason Quit and Bob Mitchell. Forbidden knowledge, revelations of a multidimensional time traveler. Right here on the Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Welcome back to the Conspiracy Show. Bob Mitchell and Jason Quitt, co-authors of Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler, with us tonight for the full two hours. So, Bob, you were talking about being at the Toronto Health Show. You were um, sort of learning for the first time about the power of crystals and so forth. Nothing happened uh, then, later that day, into the evening, into the next day. Tremendous shoulder and arm pain. And Jason explained to you that this was quite likely an injury suffered in a past life that had caused a blockage. So what did you, did you do a regression or, or what happened? No, he just said it would eventually go away in a couple of days. And sure enough, in a couple of days it went away. There was no pain whatsoever. The rational mind tells me I have no idea what happened. But the mind that I've learned to accept things from Jason is that it's exactly like he said, that that was a past trauma that I needed to get rid of. Right. Have you thought about past regression therapy? Because, I mean, I've witnessed that, and I am conflicted by it, as I've explained many times. There's an incident in my past about a possible uh, UFO encounter that I I want to find out whether one way or another if if it happened or not. And I've sort of tentatively made uh, arrangements with Leslie Mitchell Clark Mm -hmm. to have her do it for me. Right. And we may actually do it on uh, on a live TV show. You can do a regression. Yeah, just to see, you know, what happened, if anything. If, mm. And if nothing happens, then that's great. But And if something um, happened, Bob, are you prepared? Um, I think I am. Well, I'm well, much more prepared now than I would have been three or four years ago. Sure, sure. Put it that way. Uh, I understand a lot more things than I did three or four years ago. So I'm actually looking forward to it. So we'll see uh, if it happens or not. I don't know if you want me to tell the story. Uh, about yeah, let's take a few minutes and do that. And then, yeah. then we've got the big announcement for you, sure, too. Sure, Okay. Well, it was about, I would say, 10, 15 years ago now. And my wife and I lived in Oakville, down near, uh, in, in the Bronte area. And uh, I was still working for the Star at the time. And she was working as a medical technician for uh, assisted living center. And she had the late shift, and I had just the normal shift. And... It was in the summertime, and we crossed paths about midnight, and she was staying up to watch some TV. I went to bed because I had to get up early in the morning. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, um, she comes and frantically wakes me up out of bed and says, you got to come into the living room and look up in the sky. And so I remember her waking me up, and I remember going out into the living room. Um, and that's where it gets a little foggy to me because... She says she opened the the blind and pointed up into the sky where she says there was this beam of light that was breaking through the clouds, and, and it was like a, a really strange beam of light. Like it was it was a directional beam, and it just went right up into the clouds. And this is pitch black, so it's, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning. But at the same time, it, it feels as if there's a, a tornado all around our house. 
the, and I remember that. Uh, I don't remember looking out the window, but I remember the, the tornado-like feeling. And our garbage cans out front were just rolling all over the place. And the patio furniture out back in the backyard, it was going crazy. So my wife went out the front to get the garbage cans. And I remember stepping outside into the backyard to get the um, the patio furniture. And I clearly remember that. And when I stepped outside... Um, it seemed to be bright as daylight. Mm. And that part I remembered. For some reason, I didn't look up. No idea why, but I remember grabbing the furniture. I remember feeling as if I'm in this tremendous tornado like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Um, and But I don't feel cold. I don't feel hot. It's just this wind, this, right. this incredible wind. It's not blowing me anywhere, but it's blowing all the, the furniture. And That's all I'm grabbing the furniture and... Uh, and I remember that. And then um, my wife says she came into the backyard and asked me if I needed any help. Um, I don't remember that. But I do remember getting all the furniture and then turning around and coming back into the house. And in my mind, I, I went right back to bed. Uh, she says we went to the couch and talked about this experience, this wind, this strange thing. It was like something out of, like... Movie almost sounds like you were in a trance, Bob. Well, the thing is, I'm not a back then. I wasn't very much of a light sleeper. The slightest thing woke me up. But, right. For uh, so that night, I wasn't. So um, I get up the next morning, and the first thing I think about in my mind was, uh, was that a dream that I had last night? Uh, it was so real, but it just seemed really bizarre. And I remember. Uh, you know, I had to go to work, so I, I didn't really talk to my wife till after I got off work. And but I remember seeing my neighbors outside, and I, I said that was some storm we had last night. And they said what storm? And I said oh oh, my. everything was everything was blowing everywhere. And they said I didn't hear any of that. So. Oh, listen, I got to I got to jump in here. Apologies. We'll we'll pick up on this when we come yeah. back. That is a that is a bizarre story. All right, it's we'll come back. <laughs> Bob Mitchell, Jason Quit, and the book is Forbidden Knowledge: Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler. Right here on the Conspiracy Show. Don't touch that dial. Beaming across North America, the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, we are back now. Uh, Bob Mitchell, let's pick up on this m- remarkable story. So you um, you and your lovely bride uh, living in Oakville. Uh, you see this bright light in the sky. There, there seems to be an accompanying whirlwind, uh, almost like a tornado or a storm, very windy. You go out, you're wrangling the, the lawn furniture, which is being blown around in the garbage cans and so forth. Uh, the next day, you uh, you talk to a neighbor and you say, that was some storm last night. And they say, what are you talking about? Uh, okay, so let's pick up the story from there. So, so I'm thinking it, it must have been a dream. <laughs> and because I haven't talked to my wife yet. Right. Um, so when she does come home that night, I, I says, uh, I had the strangest dream last night. And she says, that wasn't a dream. She says, we sat here and talked about it. And so I, I, I don't really have any memory of this. So I'm, I'm thinking, well, that was really strange. And, like, nobody else seemed to know about it. And, and for some reason, it, we just sort of didn't talk about it anymore. Um it wasn't something that was on our mind, and I don't even know if we ever even told our, our kids or uh, relatives or, or anything. Uh, it just didn't, it wasn't important to us anymore. Isn't that and, strange? And, and, and then, lo and behold, uh, I guess it was 
a couple years ago now when I was starting to write these UFO books. And we were just sitting around one day, and I I don't know if we've been watching Ancient Aliens on TV or, or I'd just been di- doing an interview for the book. Or, but the topic came up, and we started talking about that night. And for the very first time, when I said to her that I was outside and she came back to see if I wanted anything, she said to me that, uh, she didn't see uh, a yellow light. She said I was engulfed in a bluish light, a oh, bluish wow. white light. Almost everybody that I've ever talked to always describes this bluish white light that they found themselves involved in before they were beamed somewhere. Oh, and, yeah. And Travis Walton himself uh, told me that uh, that uh, he was a bluish white light. So that got me thinking. You know, I it's the same thing. I. I my wife says I didn't go anywhere. Um, and like she insisted, I didn't leave the house and I went right, and I was always in the bed for the whole night. Um, so although you I have, don't know. although you have no memories of the conversation on the couch after the, no, de- the debriefing, no. if you will. So yeah, no memories. And, um, so I'm anxious to be taken back to that night to just find out one way or another. Um, so you're going to undergo a regression. So you're under- yeah, you yeah. I absolutely have no uh, memory uh, of anything happening other than what I told you. Well, perhaps Mrs. Mitchell needs to um, consider a regression as well. <laughs> Maybe, but uh, we'll see first if uh, if it happens for me. It was supposed to happen by now, but uh, I'm having trouble getting a studio uh, to do all this. So all right. Um, but that's my my big UFO story, and I don't know whether it's true or not, but. It would, uh, well, something happened. There's no question, something happened. Something happened. Uh, I just don't know what it was. All right. So we we teased off the top about this uh, a big announcement. So Jason Quit, Bob Mitchell, here you are. You've just, within the last several months, released um, Forbidden Knowledge, Revelations of a Multidimensional Time Traveler, and already you're hard at work on some other projects. And that's the big announcement. What's going on? It's uh, our biggest project yet, I'm sure, and um, uh, everybody's talking about disclosure. Um, in fact, Stephen Bassett uh, predicted at the Alien Cosmic Expo that o- President Obama would uh, have ex- uh, disclosure before he left office, and I- I'm not betting that'll happen, but uh, even if it does happen, I can probably assure everybody that whatever he says, it's only going to be bare bones stuff, and uh, it's not going to appease anybody. And you're not going to be much further off than you were before. I'm with you. I, I, it's we're not yeah. going to get the big announcement in the, from the Rose Garden saying yes, ET is here. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. So um, we ended up uh, getting in touch with uh, a man who is known for men, to many people, but it's not the same guy. And his name is John Teeter. Um, people right, will right. remember him from 2000 or, or remember a John Teeter from the year 2000 claiming to uh, come here and uh, uh, he was looking for some material that was in a computer and he had to go back to the year 2036 to, to fix it and along the way he made some predictions that never came true. Right, this was a, yeah, a, a huge, caused a huge stir uh, on, and, and uh, certainly on Coast to Coast. Was he, I, he may have been interviewed by Art Bell, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, well that, that John Teeter apparently was, um, but the person we've run into who is, who calls himself John Teeter II, 
uh, assures us that that wasn't him and that that was an imposter, and he has no idea who that person was or why that person even pretended to be him. He was the forerunner. The forerunner. John. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But um, so our book is called Disclosed, that was an ED, The Chronicles of John Teter II, and uh, we don't want to say too much about what's in the book yet because we're we're hoping, uh, planning to have it out by September 30th. Um, but let me just say, it, people should prepare to have their mind blown. Um, the John Teter II that we are talking to is uh, was uh, a very high-ranking uh, person in a very secret, top uh, secret unit. Uh, black budget unit, basically, of the United States Air Force that was involved in uh, time travel, um, alien uh, interaction, and uh, was based at Area 51. And so through John's uh, stories about what happened, what he experienced, uh, we're going to let the the world know uh, what really is going on with disclosure and, and what you'll never find out from the real disclosure uh, because it's just too, uh, what's the word, Jason? Too, um, too real? Too, too real. <laughs> or too surreal. Um, well, yeah. I guess, well, I guess it's too, too surreal. I, I, I think people are going to say, I knew it. I knew that was what, what the case was. And other people are just going to be, oh, my God. Why don't we um, just call it a real wake-up call? Sure. Yeah, it, it's certainly a wake-up call. So that's why we've called it Disclosed, uh, because he's going to disclose everything he possibly can. Uh, there are some things he couldn't tell us, um, and he's still in some ways connected with this uh, this very high-ranking group. And, uh, you know, we're basically telling everybody who actually is running the United States and uh why the the president may not necessarily be the head guy. Um, some presidents have had more say than other presidents. But if anything, it's going to be an interesting and informative and entertaining read, put it that way. All right. I don't want to give too much away, and I don't know how much you're at liberty to say, but I'm going to plumb a little deeper, and then if you want to say no comment, sure. no sure. comment is what it will be. Uh, how did John Teeter II, this time traveler, highly placed formerly in the United States Air Force, let's call it a black ops project. How did he come to your attention? How did he make himself known to you? Uh, that started with Jason. And it actually started before Jason because we've been on many, many uh, late-night talk shows. And one of the questions that always comes up is, do you know John Teener? <laughs> and at the time, we didn't. So Jason went to see if he could track him down. And you did, right, Jay? Yeah, yeah, I tracked him down, and I got his phone number, and we started to talk on the phone, and we actually shared some pretty similar stories from different timelines. Right. So I said, you have to talk to Bob. So I got Bob in touch with him, and the rest is history. We've been, I think we've been spending a good five hours a week talking to him for the past couple of months. I think maybe it's about six hours a week. <laughs> yeah, so we've been we've been in touch with him for quite a while, and the things that he's revealed to us is quite amazing, actually. Why now? Why does he feel he's able to speak? Why does he want to disclose now and to you? 
I don't know if we could answer that question. I, right I don't now. think we can answer that directly. That may be in the last chapter of the book. We, we haven't All got right. to the last chapter yet, but I, I can. I think I can tell you that the time traveling that he's done has taken a toll on him, and um, he wants to get these things out in the open before he dies, basically. Okay, I'm going to ask another uh, question that you may or may not choose to answer. Mm-hmm. Now that you've teased us, I, I mean, I must bank on these threads. Otherwise, sure. my audience would have me hanging by my feet somewhere. But is this at all related to Project Pegasus? Um, Andrew Bishago has been on this program. He's a noted, uh, refers to himself as a time-traveling whistleblower. Yep. Is it related to Project Pegasus? Uh, no, no, I would say no. No, um, not. In fact, John has given us some... Interesting information about, you know, Mars and other planets that the, the U.S., you know, secret space program is supposed to have gone to. And people are going to be a little surprised about John's take on the whole thing. But as John says to us over and over again, he knows only a slice of the pie. In the kind of position he was in, everything is compartmentalized. Right. So it's always on a need-to-know basis. And they told him what he needed to know to to complete his missions, but they didn't tell him anything else. So he doesn't have any actual experience with Project Pegasus or that type of stuff. But what he has seen, there is a chapter about Mars in it. It's a little different than what Andrew Bashego has said. So. Right. I guess one final question on this note, sure. and that is, the time travel that we're talking about involving John Teeter II, is this an astral-type time travel, or are we talking about an actual uh, device that can transcend time and space? Um, a device. A device. Yeah, his is not like Jason. So while Jason has experienced time traveling in that division, uh, in the dimensions that he has, none of John's experiences happened in an altered state. It's a physical thing that happens. And you believe him because? I believe him because. Well, it's a tough question because it's like, do you believe in extraterrestrials? Well, I haven't seen an extraterrestrial, but I still believe in them. Well, obviously he said things to you that... that he, he said things to us that, that make sense, put it that way. All right. And there's nothing he hasn't said to us that I will say is... Well, that's completely out of the, you know, that's completely both. I mean, there's nothing along that line. All right, well, we, we look forward to Disclosed. Yeah, uh, September 30th. September 30th. All right, yeah. we will have you back on the program, both of you. Jason Quitt, Bob Mitchell, thank you so much for spending two we'll hours. We'll have John Teeter on the program, too. Now that, that, my friend, is a date. <laughs> Can't wait. Cannot wait. All right, yes. we are done for the night. My thanks to uh, young Will. Will, what is your last name? Are you serious? Will Power. That's a great name. Ian, Ian Robertson, Albert Fenzel, all of you to listening at home back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs>